Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Chip Chat on Customer Service. Today, we're going to take a look at all the data that is captured in a contact center and, and needs to be coordinated, reviewed, and studied, and looking for the why. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? So you can turn the why into an ROI. And my guest today is my very good friend, Peter Yanzik, who is CEO of Operative Intelligence. So sit back, relax, and look forward to an interesting discussion on finding the why and turning it into ROI. Hello, everybody. It's uh, Chip with Chip Chat on customer service, another edition, another exciting edition with um, my good friend, Peter Yanzik, who is CEO of a company called Operative Intelligence, a great company that is out there supporting the customer service world. And again, my podcasts for you are to have each and every one of you leave each of these learning one thing at least, and maybe taking away something that you can put to use in your day-to-day activities as customer service professionals. So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce Peter and just say, Peter, um, tell us a little bit about you and the company and how you focus on data. Because one of the things so many companies do is a great job in capturing just reams of data. And it's all great data, KPIs, data on the customers, et cetera. But many of them do not use it to be able to improve process. And in some cases, ROI is immediate if it's recognized. So, Peter, if you could, a little bit on yourself and operative intelligence. Thank you, Chip. Um, Firstly, it's a a pleasure to be on the show and thank you for the invitation to come speak with you and your listeners. As you know, I'm a a big fan, so very appreciative of the the time today. Um, In terms of a little bit about myself, so my career actually has been um, directly in contact centres since I first started at a night team in college um, to give myself a little bit more structure around my studies. Um, My unexpected career, which was to be a management consultant, changed into um, how do we help contact centres improve their experience for their customers um, and how do they operate more efficiently at the same time. Um, And so throughout my career, starting from that night team, um, I went on to spend uh, the next eight years of my uh, my career um, leading service transformation for a large uh, payer in the Southern Hemisphere um, with a particular focus on Um, digital enablement and uh, digital transformation. Um, And so what we experienced firsthand as operators leading these businesses charged with driving transformation um, was quite simply that there was really no single system that could help you diagnose and understand the performance of the operation. Um, So in a single view, it was very difficult to understand what are the things that our customers are asking us to do 
what's the volume, what's the cost, and what's the effort? And more importantly, provide answers to questions like, what's the root cause of our customer pain points? Or where are there opportunities for us to send inquiries to lower effort channels um, through automation? Um, All the way through to, what are our best reps doing differently on certain inquiries that's allowing them to deliver better call outcomes for customers? Um, And what we found in leading these programs was that when we're able to get answers to those questions, um, we're able to engage not only the contact centre, but the broader organisation in how do we better support the customer and drive um, outcomes that were transformational. Now, the the challenge that we've experienced in contact centres is that from a data perspective, there's oceans of data, there's mountains of data, there's so much data that we really don't know what to do with it and how to make sense of it. I often think of the line from um, a poem, water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. And I think in contact centres, it's data, data everywhere, but what is it telling us to do? Where's the so what? Um, And the reality is that in these businesses, you have call driver information in one area, you have cost information in another area, you have customer service surveys, you have agent analytics, um, not to mention everything that exists within your core systems um, and your ACD telephony stack. And really, the challenge for us um, as an industry and as contact centre leaders is lining all of that up to really make sense of that data in a way that enables us as leaders and as a business um, to make uh, better decisions around the needs of our customers. And so that's the problem that we set out to solve with Operative Intelligence, to bring together um, all of these disparate data sources and make it really easy for leaders and businesses to understand what are the needs of our customers at scale and how do they explain it in their own words. Um, And based on what's important to us as a business, whether it's increasing automation, um, increasing first contact resolution or reducing handle time, where are the areas that we need to go um, to to capture that opportunity um, in a way that's simple to understand, um, doesn't require months of analysis, um, and can allow you to predict for outcomes by taking an action. Um, so that's a, l- a little bit about us and the, and the company. Well, well, that begs the question. Um, everybody owns part of the pie, okay? Uh, and they are located, those pieces of the pie, throughout the corporation. H- how do you get everybody to come together and say, okay, I'll share and hear and make it important to them to, that they contribute so that you can do what you can do? It's a, it's a great question, Chip. What we've found is that, Um, most organizations today have some type of CX measure on their business scorecard. And so there is a focus on how do we kind of collectively support the customer? Um, What we've seen um, from firsthand experience, as well as in the companies that we're working with, is that um, contact centers in particular um, are a strategic asset, but they often have the quietest uh, voice in the room at the executive committee. Um, And one of the biggest challenges or contributors to that is their ability to explain clearly and without a lot of explanation um, exactly what the experience is for the customer and where can the organization better support them. And so the way that we're able to do that at Operative Intelligence is to objectively help them understand what it is their customers are asking them to do um, with a commercial lens. So you have 368,000 people contacting you every quarter because they want to make a payment. 
um, that is a prime opportunity for self-service or automation through your IVR. And we can say that out of all of your automation opportunities, that is the biggest one by far. So really the key is being able to simplify that really complex data set, um, put it in the word of the customer so that um, there's no ambiguity around um, what it is that they're trying to resolve for the customer. Um, and then being able to build in a business case behind those data points, because every decision at the end of the day is going to be, what's it going to cost us? What's the ROI? What's the impact going to be for the customer? Um, so serving that up in a way that's very easy for the organization to consume and take action is, is critical um, to what we've been able to do with the organizations we're working with. So um, I think to summarize simplicity um, and, and combining the elements of what the customer's needs are um, with the commercial realities of the business and tying them together in a way that's very clear and compelling for, for leaders to take action. So uh, I understand the need and want. Where do I start? I mean, uh, I, I have my contact center here where we're collecting data. Uh, consumers are calling us. But how do I, where do I start to engage the organization? What's my first step? What is that first step? Sure, I'll, I'll answer that in two ways. Um, in terms of the the really core problem that we set out to solve for was that in 2021, as an industry that's valued at nearly $400 billion a year, um, we know more about things like average handle time, hold time and abandonment rates than we do about why our customers are calling. Um, and if you think about the core purpose of the contact centre, it fundamentally exists to service and support customers. And so when you think about it through that lens, that is the core thing that the contact center um, needs to be able to, to own and champion within the organization. And as operational leaders, it's our role to assess our performance um, of delivering against those customer needs. And so in terms of where the, the key is and a way to, to start thinking about unlocking your data is that really the heartbeat of the contact center lies with the interactions that you have with your customers. Um, specifically, what is the language that they are using when they're asking you to do something? And what is the universe of requests that, um, that is put upon the, the contact center every year? And so traditionally, contact centers um, understand directionally what their customers are asking them to do because they use tools like call disposition codes. Um, a customer calls in, um, an agent completes the inquiry, and then the agent is selecting from a list what it is that they thought the customer was calling about. Um, where all of the gold really exists, all of the gold nuggets, um, is in the, the underlying verbatims from those contacts. So um, for calls, that's in your call recordings. Um, for emails, that's in your email interactions. For chats, it's in your chat transcripts. Um, that is the, the purest form and representation of what your customers are asking you to do. And so that's, that's really the, the lifeblood of what the contact center um, supports. I mean, it then becomes a, a big data challenge around, well, how do we look at all of those millions of interactions and make sense of all of them in a way that we can align like with like and tell a story? And so there's a number of different ways that you can do that. Um, if we were to advise organizations or businesses, where do you begin? Um, it's beginning with understanding your customer demand. And so in a very low tech way, um, what that would look like, uh, and this is the process that we used to run throughout our careers, we would take 3,000 post-it notes. We would, on each post-it note, write this, the, the customer's uh, verbatim inquiry, and we would stick them all up on a, on a wall in a conference room. And we would spend two weeks as a team 
going, okay, well, what are all of the interactions that are the same when the customers are saying the same things? And then we'd run the five whys root cause analysis to say, well, why did this contact happen in the first place? Now, that was very labor intensive, but the output of that was we could very simply explain to the organization, these are all of the things that our customers are asking us to do. Um, and this is the volume and cost associated with each of them. That is really your your foundational playbook and where to start. Now, the the, the, co- the core problem is as leaders, we don't really have time or resources to dedicate to that type of effort. And so with that, there are technologies such as operative intelligence uh, where we can help automate that process for you um, and deliver that output so you can really easily understand and explain the needs of your customers at scale. Um, and really that becomes the starting point ship to measure how well you're performing against that demand. And so I can give you an example. Um, if you know that 12% of your um, inquiries are in, rega- in regards to payments, the, the answering the why question to that is the most critical. So if you were able to say, okay, 12% of our inquiries are payments, why are they occurring in the first place? Well, when you dig in, you'll find that 6% of those inquiries, so half of them, because people tried to make a payment online and they failed and so they had to call the contact centre. Another portion of those contacts didn't have their first payment taken when they signed up and so they're needing to call back because their product hasn't worked as they expected it would for their first try. And then the balance is because they're just calling to make a payment because they didn't know that there was any other way to do it. And so when you can understand why based on your inquiries, it changes the way that you can think about solving those problems. You know, all of a sudden that opens up opportunities around well, we need to have a discussion with the web team to say, a lot of people are trying to make payments online and they're failing and they're calling us. Can we understand what's happening there? And potentially there's some initiatives we can put in place to improve that experience online for the members. Let's have a conversation with the sales team and make sure in their onboarding process, they're always capturing that payment. So we don't have 60,000 of our first customers calling us because they're disappointed because their product didn't work. And lastly, let's work with our frontline when someone calls to make a payment when they don't know there's any other option to educate them that they can do that through the online app. And so that is the power of why and taking what are generally big categories of drivers that we understand, but making it actionable because you can know what the experience was from the member in making contact in the first place. That power of why, I think that is so important. And then how do you turn that into ROI? It's a a great question. And we can measure ROI in a number of different ways. Um, ROI can be measured through volume reduction. So what we know across a number of different verticals and having worked with hundreds of contact centers is that 15 to 20% of the interactions that come into the contact center are value generating. So what that means, Chip, is they add value to the customer and they add value to the organization. So these are interactions that drive revenue, lifetime customer value, retention. They're the conversations that you want to be having with your customers. The balance, 80%, um, is comprised of two big components. Interactions that could be automated and completed through self-service and customer pain points. So an error has happened somewhere within the organization and even within the call center where they're needing to call in for support. And so when you can understand the universe of those opportunities, calculating the ROI is quite simple. We can say, well, we want to address this 12% of our volume where uh, our customers are calling for payments by enhancing our IVR. And so you can quantify that opportunity based off the number of interactions and the workload to service it and say, this is $250,000 worth of opportunity if we can shift 50% of it. 
Um, and so for automation opportunities, um, there's quite a clear business case where you can track that over time. Um, the same for eliminating um, customer pain points. You know, if you're fixing issues before they even occur, avoidable volume, you're going to see a reduction in your inbound customer demand. And so that's going to be immediately present in your um, in your budgets, um, in your in your forecasts. Um, and ultimately, it really comes back to understanding how big is that inquiry? What's the volume today? What's the cost? And how much of it do we think we can influence by addressing the root cause of the problem? And that priority of, of what those are, I mean, you're right, the value to the company, the value to the consumer as well, to be able to weight that. Um, how about some examples? I know you mentioned the IVR and the payments. Um, I always like to talk about specifics and, and concrete examples of, of where this type of technology is maybe help companies, uh, you know, along the way here. Yeah, sure. I can I can give you a few different examples. Um, I can give an example of a, a leading national software provider. Um, they have a very complex product. Um, they have uh, large dispersed virtual teams um, in different countries. Um, and what they've been able to understand by analysing their demand in their use case is they're able to measure the performance of their frontline agents um, against their demand. So they can say, on this top call driver, which is um, a, a form of payroll services, um, this is what our best reps are doing differently to deliver higher resolution with a lower handle time. Um, so they've got behaviours which have been validated through thousands and thousands of data points that are delivering consistently better customer outcomes and better outcomes for the business, right? Um, resolve it quickly, efficiently, and you have higher customer satisfaction. So they've been able to understand what are the behaviors of those agents for that particular call type. So they have precision um, and they've been able to rebuild their processes and training capability and roll that out to all of their front line. Um, and the types of results that they've seen in the nine months since using this approach is a 17.5% total reduction in cost of service. Um, and so this is born out of having better data, which is by driving better decisions, where they're always prioritizing um, their, their biggest customer interactions and where there's the most variability. Um, so that's an example around improving performance of teams. Um, for a financial services institution, we were able to show them that across 13 inquiry types, which represented 31% um, of their inbound volume. Um, and so those inquiry types as examples were make a payment, what's my account balance, I want to transfer funds, send me checks. Um, so all very transactional inquiries, they were coming into the contact center today, but all of them could have been completed via the self-service within their IVR. And so they actually thought that um, their IVR was a bit of a, a dying product, that there probably wasn't much more that they could get out from it. But when they had the data and realized, wow, we didn't actually know that these were such big call drivers and we were taking so much of this volume, um, they're, they're able to redesign their IVR experience to push um, more of their volume through that self-service capability simply by educating the member that it's available, right? And so it, it really helped them unlock their existing resources, which is one of the most important things. You know, everyone needs to do more with less. Um, and so when we're not advocating for you need to bring in new, big, complex technology solutions, it's simply thinking about the problem differently um, and, and addressing really large drivers of volume into your business. And so that was a very recent example that, that I wanted to share. Oh, that's, a, that's a really good one. I think um, some of the key things, 
you have to constantly look at the business. I think uh, it, it is a very dynamic industry, a dynamic business, and things are always changing. So to be able to, to capture the data, to review the data, and look for those nuggets where, in fact, you can employ change to make it better for the customer as well as for the company. I know one example, uh, as, as we looked at uh, various call volumes, we happened to notice that um, um, a lot of the callers were dialing in on their cell phones and they were calling in, um, where is my order? And mm-hmm. they were getting to the contact center, which a very friendly agent is able to you know, help them. Well, on the IVR, again, back to your point, we asked the question, um, are you calling in on your cell phone? And if it is, press one. If the answer was one, then we said, would you like us to text you the link where you can look up your order? And if the answer is yes, then we built the automation in there because of the studies like you were doing that says, here it is. And that was able to move 15 to 20% of the volume out of the contact center for simple opportunities that are given by that consumer to the contact center to say, help me if you can, where there they can self-serve. And I think really where that comes in as well, Peter, is after hours. So then again, it doesn't jam up on, say, Monday morning. So I think like you using that data, but being able to have the software and the technology to find those nuggets, those nuggets as far as importance to them. And I think that's the key thing, pulling people together and being able to gather the data, review the data, and come up with solid recommendations that are supported. And I think that's the key to the why. Would you agree? Definitely. I think it, it, the, it has to be an ongoing process. You know, what we learned is that there's really no silver bullet in changing contact center performance overnight. Um, it's really about, you know, consistent progress um, and, and making kind of, um, you know, meaningful um, improvements in the areas that, that you've identified as, as a business and as a contact center. I think the other really important piece is that consumer demands and needs are changing at an unprecedented rate. You know, what what the business thought the customer needed the customers needed 12 months ago has likely changed. Um, you know, what what their what their the the channels that they're choosing to interact with have um, grown significantly even even in the last 10 years. And so um, you know really leading organizations are incredibly plugged into understanding what are our customers' needs at any given point in time? And how do we as an organization evolve to support those needs? And so that kind of comes back to this. Um, it's really a methodology and a process to get the organization brought in on making consistently better decisions around the needs of the customer. Um, and once you have a, a cadence and operating rhythm of looking at data and saying um, with consistent views that aren't changing you know, every single month so that everyone knows what to look at, um, people buy in um, and they want to start, they want to help and they want to move the needle. And that's that's one of the critical pieces to your point that that you have to get right, getting that buy-in um, and by showing data consistently, um, extolling the the experience for the customer and showing the benefit um, is how you you ultimately get people to the table to to drive change systematically and over time. 
And I, I think, you know, baby steps are important. You want to get the attention of the C-suite to say, hey, I brought the data together. Here's a recommended change and the result will show here. And I think if you can get one going, then the rest will follow. Would you agree with that? Definitely. I, I really believe that it's a flywheel approach when when you can identify a, a common area of priority, um, align teams to take action, and then see that there was a positive outcome. That's a really fantastic experience for everyone that's involved in that, including the C-suite, including the front line. I mean, that's that's another piece that we haven't spoken about is that the front line have been telling us about these problems since forever, you know, and as leaders, we really struggle to get the data and the insight to back all of that up, quantify it, take it to leadership and take action. Um, and so front line really benefit um, when there's wins for customers because it's wins for them as well. Um, and, you know, ultimately that's going to keep them more engaged. Um, they're going to want to stay in the business longer. Um, you'll be able to spend more time focusing on value generating interactions and less on, um, broken processes or, or, you know, simple transactional tasks. Um, all, the whole ecosystem really benefits as, as a result of just um, getting, getting wins on the board systematically. Yes, I think if you can improve the process and especially those frontline agents where they see change made, because so many times you're right, you know, we've been talking about this problem forever, and mm-hmm. but now you isolate on the problem, here's the solution, and then you back it up with data. And that's where you come in. You bring that data in and say, okay, you've got an issue and here's substance that says, yes, we do. And we need to take a step here and move in that direction. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of, a a big portion of what we, a measure of our, our success with our initial engagements is the business owner will say, this is, this is validated what I thought was happening in the business. And I've also learned a number of new things. Yep. And so that, that's really the, the, the divide that we're helping to bridge is that um, contact center leaders really intimately understand their business and, and the, the problems that their frontline are experiencing, that their customers are experiencing. What we're helping is to make it easier to solve those problems. Um, and it's, it's through data right. and building a narrative in a very simple front end. Um, that they can all of a sudden start having these very effective conversations with people across the business who want to help. Um, and that's the really special thing to unlock. People will help. And I think that's the key thing. And that's where you come in. So, Peter, um, people who are listening to this, who are interested in getting in touch with you, how do they do that? Um, you can feel free to reach out to me directly um, via email. It's uh, peter at operativeintelligence.com. Um, you can also check out our website, operativeintelligence.com. Um, and through either of those channels, we can set up some time to chat. Um, having come from contact centers, we love to learn um, about uh, your businesses and what your challenges are. Um, and it's always a really fun discussion, even, even if we decide to, to move forward together or not. And so um, we'd love to share some of our uh, the things that we've learned and see if there's ways that we can help you unlock your contact center potential through, through better data and actionable insights. Well, Peter, as always, when we talk, it is always informative. I learn and I will tell you, thank you so much for your time. And that will be a wrap of another Chip Chat on Customer Service with Peter Janzik, 
who is the CEO of Operative Intelligence. And those of you who follow me, um, it's Chip Chat on customer service. On Facebook, it's Chip Chat on customer service. On Instagram, it's Chip Chat Podcast. And email is the Chip Chat Podcast at gmail.com. Peter, thank you so much for your time today, and I look forward to seeing you at a future SOCAP meeting. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Thank you, Peter. That was a great discussion at looking at data and finding out the why so we can turn it into ROI, and that is the name of the game here, process improvement for the betterment of the consumer and the customer. So thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to this edition and look forward to the next episode.